0: Hi, and thanks for joining us today. You're listening to the Rock Church of the Quad Cities podcast. Here, you'll find a collection of our weekly sermons as well as other content that we create as it becomes available. Up next is episode 17, and Josiah Lorenzen is kicking off our new series called Charismata with his sermon, Earnestly Desire the Spiritual Gifts. Now, the audio in this one is a little rough, so we apologize for that, and we'll do our best to bring you high-quality content in future episodes. Thanks again for listening, and if you'd like to find out more about our church and attending a live service, You can find us online at www.rockchurchqc.com, as well as on Facebook at Rock Church of the Quad Cities. You can also watch our live and past sermons on YouTube. Just search Rock Church QC. And be sure to click the subscribe button and turn on notifications so you know when we go live and post new content. Thanks for listening, and we hope this message truly blesses you. So
1: I'm going to read this first. I'm not going to dive into it too heavily. I've got to lay a groundwork. I want to lay a groundwork for this entire series. Because I believe this is a debated topic charismatic in the spiritual gifts the word charismatic literally means gift a spiritual gift of grace of God a giving out of himself so when you see that word that's what it means it's not a word that like a certain denomination made up it's a word that's actually in the new testament okay that's something you need to understand so let's read verse 4 Corinthians 12 verse 4 now there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit and there are varieties of service but the same Lord And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between Spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions each one individually as he wills. So the first thing I want us to understand is the charismatic gifts, right, or the charismatic gifts, are given to you from God, right? And we need to understand a theology of gift. You see, Christianity itself is a theology of gift. It's all about a gift. Think about the things that we receive. Life. That was a gift from God, right? jesus christ was a gift to be received right the gifts are no different they are simply outpourings of himself that we are to receive right i want us to understand that basic premise first now i want to talk a little bit about the differences between some churches and where this problem and this tension comes see there's two types of churches there's what i would call the word churches now hear me out, we're a word church too, of course. Word churches, and then there's spirit churches. And word, often you know you can, you can put a title on it. You've probably heard the word reform. Anyone heard the word reform? Spirit churches, you know you hear charismatic. Right, there's these two branches of churches. And I want to go through some tensions, if you will, between the two. So I'm going to pull up some of those quick. So Sam Storms in 2011 preached a sermon I listened to recently. I can't take credit for this. And I thought it was amazing. So I can throw my first one. I can't seem to find it. Sorry, technical difficulties. Here we go. So first, first one. (laughs) No. So, on the chart, here's what we have. We have Word Church, Spirit Church. In a Word Church, the church seems to be more sermon-central. Here we go. It's very predictable. The focus is on objective principles. They prize knowledge, and they prize the intellect. Does anyone follow? Has anyone been to those kind of churches before? Yes. Now, a Spirit Church is worship-central, Remember, this isn't always. And I'm just kind of stereotyping here. Is worship central? The sermon seems to be tacked on. They prize spontaneity. They prize power. They value experience and they value ex- affections. Have we seen that? Yes. yes. Go to the next one. In discernment, a word church is immediately going to turn to objective biblical principles. What does the Bible say objectively about this situation? You go to a spiritual church and you ask them a question, they're going to discern it. They're going to rely on spiritual intuition. Right? Go to the next one. Suffering. This is also a big difference you see between the two churches. Word churches, very embraced. They love to preach suffering. Right? Rarely pray for suffering. Not saying they don't, but they rarely pray for it. And they almost live in this like the defeated, fatalistic mentality. Right? A spiritual church expects healing. Where they probably error is on the side of triumphalism, thinking that there's never suffering, that God never uses it, that they're always gonna have victory over everything. Right? Go to the next one. The worship in the church. The worship in the church in the word church is number one about a proclamation of truth, about a proclamation of theology. In a spirit church, it's about a personal encounter. It's relational. Word church, presence of God is almost, it's just more of a theological truth. And a spiritual church is experienced, tangible reality. Word church values form, a spiritual church values freedom. A word church values, is very control, a spiritual church is expressive. Has anyone experienced those two sides of the coin? So here's what I want to talk about. Rock church are, identity and what we're after, because to be honest with you, some of you are probably sitting there thinking in your head, I really like that side, better than that side. Who's guilty? Come on. (laughs) Some of you did, right? But what we're trying to do is, I think both of these sides are biblical. And we're trying to build tension, because that's what the Word of God shows us. So a Rock Church distinctive, if you will, and the reason that we're doing this series is because we're going to be a charismatic church simply because the Bible tells us to. So we are Word, we are Spirit, and we're trying to bring the two together. And I have to plug the Confluence Conference that we're talking about with my dad. The conference that we're trying to get all of you guys to go to that we keep announcing is a family of churches that are after this concept because it's been lost. So it's going to be an amazing time. In the Ozarks, if you're not going, you need to go. You need to experience what These churches have been walking it. It's a network of 2,500 churches worldwide. It is literally exploding. For some reason, we saw in church history, this huge divide between word and spirit. And Rock Church is going to fight to get that back. So, So now that you understand that part, I want to go, I want to offer some arguments because this is a debated topic. You so see, you have two streams. You have cessationism and you have continuationism. Cessationism is the belief that so a lot of people think that the gifts have ceased. That's actually not what they believe. They believe that the sign gifts have ceased. And I find that really, really convenient to say, because that's nowhere differentiated. I believe all things are miraculous. God created all things. A knowledge gift is as miraculous as a healing gift. Right? guys, there is a universe. That's a miracle in itself. Right? So they believe that the sign gives have cease. and I, see, I think it's really convenient because those are the ones that are difficult for us to grasp. Right? Um, but they believe that basically the closing of the canon, some believe, um, once the Bible was completely put together, that we no longer needed the gifts. Um, I call it biblical gymnastics. Um, you have to open Scripture and go to a thousand different places and do all these things to even land at that conclusion. Any person without a double PhD that opens the Word of God is going to very plainly see that God wants to give gifts to His people, yes. Yes. and that's—I just can't get away from that fact. There's no way God gave us a Bible that regular people can't understand, right? It says the Holy Spirit is what shows us. Thanks <laughs> Continuationism believes that the gifts are still for today And that is where we land And I'm going to go through some arguments I'm going to go through three big arguments of The reason that we believe in continuationism So first one The hermeneutical argument Hermeneutical is a fancy word for the biblical interpretation Right I'm going to give you some scriptures You tell me if you think these sound pretty clear Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says this, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Romans 12.6 says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them If prophecy in proportion to our faith. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says, Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. There is nothing in Scripture clearly that says the spiritual gifts were supposed to cease. Nothing. Some people ask, well, why do we still need prophecy if we have the word of God? I don't know, because the word of God told me to. And I do what the word of God says. Right? You see a prophecy in the New Testament said to test prophecies. Because there's an argument out there that says prophecy is if it's infallible. Right, that stopped in the Old Testament. Well, prophecy in the New Testament seems to be a little bit different because it says to test everything that is said. You know what that means? That some of them were incorrect. That people thought they were hearing the Word of God instead of prophecy, and it was incorrect. Once again, I didn't come up with that. That's in the Word of God. That's what it tells me to do. So we have clear scriptures and a clear argument from scripture. They were continue with the gifts. Not that much to pursue, eagerly pursue the spiritual gifts. Amen some people say well why don't we see healing like we used to why don't we see the things that they saw in the early church i don't know they were better at it than us you know what else they were better at preaching planting churches being christians right just because i don't see the fruit i can't blame it on that god's got a problem or that he's he's stopped doing something the problem is here the problem is with these people the second argument, this leads perfectly in the second argument. The second argument is a historical argument. You see, a great place to look on if these gifts continued was in the history of the church after the New Testament. And I want to go through some cool quotes. I'll try to go through them quickly because I have a ton of them. To look. So, first one from Justin Martyr, 150 AD, said this The prophetical gifts remain with us even to the present time as a huge influence in the early church 150 years after Christ. Arrhenius in 130 AD, those who are in truth, his disciples, performed the miracles according to the gift given them, including driving out demons, seeing visions, uttering prophetic expressions, healing the sick, raising the dead, speaking in other languages, and declaring the mysteries of God. Tertullian, sorry, forgive me for these words that are weird, 155 years after Christ's death, he trash-talks Marcion. Like Elijah on Markama, by daring his God to predict things to come, make manifest a secret of the heart, interpret tongues or prophesy, before claiming that all these signs are forthcoming from my side without any difficulty. He literally walked up to a guy and said, hey, watch this, and performed miracles in his sight. Origin, 254 years. He regarded the scope of the gifts as having diminished, but certainly not disappeared. And I find this interesting. So he is recognizing that the sharding to diminish, but not disappear. There are still preserved among Christian traces of that Holy Spirit, which appeared in the form of a dove. They expel evil spirits and perform many cures, and foresee certain events according to the will of the Logos. The Logos being Jesus the ultimate truth. Basil the Great said this, The Spirit enlightens all, inspires prophets, gives wisdom to lawmakers, Consecrates priests, empowers kings, perfects the just, exalts the prudent active in gifts of healing, gives life to the dead, frees those in bondage, turns foreigners into adopted sons. Does this sound like charismatic church to you guys? Yes. Cyril of Jerusalem, to this, explained, he employs the tongue of a man for wisdom. The soul of another he enlightens by prophecy. To another he gives power to drive away devils. And then Augustine, which we all know Augustine, about 500 years after, he says he lists an extraordinary range of healings from blindness, rectal fist, to Breast cancer, gout, paralysis, hernia, demonization, and even death. These are all Christians that our church were founded on. These are the founding church fathers. Does that sound charismatic? Yes. Does that sound like the gifts continue? Yes. yes. There's another one, and this one's interesting. Does anyone know who Charles Spurgeon is? Charles Spurgeon is a Reformed pastor. Charles Spurgeon is a, pa- is a Reformed pastor that didn't believe in continuationism. But I want to show you something interesting. I could tell as many as a dozen similar cases in which I pointed at somebody in the hall without having the slightest knowledge of the person or any idea that what I said was right, except that I believed I was moved by the spirit to say it. And so striking has been my description that the persons have gone away and said to their friends, Come see a man that told me all things that I ever did. Beyond a doubt, he much have been sent from God to my soul, or else he could not have described me so exactly. And not only so, but I have known many instances in which the thoughts of men have been revealed from the pulpit. I have sometimes seen persons nudge their neighbors with their elbow because they had got a smart hit, and they have been heard to say when they were going out, the preacher told us just what we said to one another when he went at the door. A pastor who didn't believe in continuationism had dozens of signs of him prophesying and calling things out in people's lives. He just wasn't willing to admit that that's what was happening. I find that very interesting. See, there's two types of Christians. There's those that embrace it and earnestly desire it and seek it. And those who want to argue it away because it's beyond their human intellect. Because it's a little bit mysterious. There's a lot about Jesus that's mysterious to people. So the second argument was historical. So we have a biblical argument. We have a historical argument. And the third argument is eschatological. Here's what the scripture says. It's the theology of the end times. First Corinthians 1, 7-8 says, So that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus. And then 1 Corinthians 13, 8-10, love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. So between the time of Christ's coming and his outpouring of the Holy Spirit for now, right, he gave us these gifts to sustain us and build up the body of the church until he comes back for his people once and for all. Do you think we're doing our body an injustice, by not pursuing these gifts that he clearly gave to us. So let's go back to our scripture now. Have I laid a decent framework? Are you all on the same page that we're going to pursue these? So now let's look at the scripture. 4 through 6 says this now. There are varieties of gifts with the same spirit. And there are varieties of service with the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities. But the same God who empowers them all. And everyone, so we know there are a variety of gifts. Some believe that all the gifts aren't even mentioned. There's word gifts, there's love gifts, there's sign gifts. You know, when we were talking about it in our KC, some of you just have natural inclination to want to love people. You have empathy, you see people hurting and you want to be there. Some of you just have a big mouth. Right? You just want to go tell people how to fix their lives, right? And some of you maybe have inclinations for, for the sin. Some of you may have these sign gifts, but you're too scared to pursue it and actually act on it. I know that each one of you has a calling and a gift. Yes. It says right here, there's a variety. And it says it's empowered in everyone. There's no one that's a believer in this room that's left out of this. And can you imagine if every one of us showed up on a Sunday and actually acted in your gifting? Come on. Number 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So why do we need gifts? What's it say? For the common good. There's arguments out there. Oh, the gifts were just to establish the the apostles in the beginning. Did they come up with this craziness? No, no, no. It just says it's simply for the common good of the church. I don't know how much more clear the scripture can be. It's for the common good of the church. And what is it? This part is... This part is everything, by the way. Verse 7, this part is everything. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Manifestation, what is that? A tangible experience. Something that you can actually see or feel or you know that it happened. Of the Spirit. Whose Spirit? The Holy Spirit. Jesus' Spirit. A manifestation of Christ himself. Do you realize how huge that is? Jesus is the thing that we're after. It is Christianity. When you pursue the spiritual gifts, you're pursuing the presence of Jesus Christ. We have to stop differentiating it like the gift is some like outside thing that we're after. No, we're after Jesus himself. When I show up with this body, I'm looking for a sign of him. I'm looking for more of him. What would that do to the Quad Cities if we showed up with that attitude? Verses 8 through 11. For to one is given to the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits,
0: to another various kinds of tongues, to another the
1: interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills as He wills. He proportions them. So there's always this tension, right, between God's will and our responsibility. Always this tension. We always have a part to play, but we also know that He gives the gifts. Probably when He's ready to give us the gifts, right? I'm not gonna try to pretend when that is or how that is. I just know, and we can go there real quick, if you go to 1 Corinthians 14, I'll read it real quick. It's very clear. Pursue love and earnestly desire. The spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy so god is the one who proportions them god's the one that gives them out. my job is to earnestly desire them how do i do that i pray for them i study them i seek them you go to church and you hear a series on them i learn about them i get with god can i tell you that the people that already act on these gifts in our church are the ones that are spending a significant amount of time with jesus I don't believe you can spend a lot of time in His presence and not naturally work in your gifting. I could probably start pointing out different people's gifts in this room right now. I know there's a lot of them working, but I want all of you to work at them. So when you think about the gifts, I love, I love this parallel. What they really are is this, what, was, what did Jesus do in His ministry on earth? Jesus healed, Jesus taught, Jesus gave words of knowledge. Jesus gave words of wisdom. Jesus prophesied. These things are what Jesus Christ did. Isn't it interesting that he calls us members of his body now? We are members of his body to do the same things that he did when he was on earth. Can you really tell me that you think that that ceased? That we're not called to do the things that he showed us to do? See, the gospel is two parts. The gospel is the life of Jesus and the death and resurrection of Jesus. In the life of Jesus, we see him constantly working these gifts. And we are now to study him to see what he did and act on the same thing. Thanks, man. You see, there's this thing with. I did an article and put it up there so that uh, the study from psychology did Sorry about that, go to the actual next part. So they did a study, and they found that those, because I think people in our culture really lack meaning and purpose. I know that they do. In psychology today, said that people that wake up with meaning outside of themselves, they saw three things. Reduced stress, improved coping, and they were more apt to do health-promoting behaviors. I see a huge need, not only, I don't just want to be a more spiritual church, I don't just want to see signs, I want our people to be free and healthy and happy and walk into the calling that God's given them, and you see these gifts, they're more than just this list of things that we might get, they are literally your identity, part of your identity in Christ, part of your individual calling on what you're supposed to do on this earth. If you can wake up and start pursuing, not just thinking about me and what I'm going to get, and how I can feel better, but how he's going to start using me and my gifts to help other people, it is so much easier to go through momentary times of suffering. Because you know the bigger picture. Imagine that you knew you had a gift of knowledge. That you could walk up to any person, listen to their situation, and learn to listen to the Holy Spirit and give them knowledge from God. Would you walk through your day a little differently? Would you listen to people a little bit differently? Imagine you're at the gift of healing. How many sick people do we see every day? Can you imagine walking up to them boldly and praying? That is what we're called to. That gives you identity. That gives you purpose. That gives you meaning. Worship Amen. So, what we're after in our church, yes, we're a word church. 100%. The Word of God is my ultimate authority. Never would I tell you that my intuition from the Holy Spirit ever is going to trump the Word of God. But the Word of God tells us to pursue these things. And what we want this series is going to be 10 to 12 weeks, and we are going to dive in, and I pray that some of you are going to figure out your spiritual gifts. Yeah. But here's what I also want I want you guys to start pursuing them, to eagerly pursue them. I want you to start praying about them. I want you to go to 1st Corinthians 12 and I want you to read and study for yourself and look through them. Are there gifts in here that seem to match what you already have? Have you had friends mention, man, you're just really, you're really wise or how do you just always know this stuff? How do you have such a good intuition? How do you always sense the spiritual side? Whatever it is, I want you to start thinking and praying about those things. So we're going to end like this. I have had, actually let me finish with a quote. The church will mature and flourish to the extent that she makes use of all the gifts God has given her. If things are given by God for use in corporate worship, songs and hymns, prayers and creeds, prophecies and languages, scriptures and sermons, bread and wine, oil and water, then we should receive them with thankfulness, praise God through them, look after them carefully, and pursue them. Gifts make us larger, richer, and stronger. Marginalizing a particular divine gift because it does not fit with our denominational tradition if it is indeed a divine gift, it should not be an option. The way to look at a gift from a God that can give love never-ending is once you get a gift, you search for more of that gift. That is our response. When you get grace, He wants us to want more grace. So I thought there was no better way. Tanya, come up is I'm gonna have Tanya. She's going to prophesy to a certain amount of new girls. She's married. You know what let's have the let me have all the moms stand up. Yes. Let me say something before this. I believe that when there's a manifestation. God, it's almost like a liquid love, right? It says it's a manifestation, a tangible experience. So I want you to really pay attention right now, mothers, to this, because I believe that people still hear from God. I be- I've already read what she's, what she's going to say. It's 100% biblical. It's 100% life of His Word. And I believe this is going to be a moment from God that you can feel. Alright. So last
2: week during worship, um, I... Was going through kind of a painful time um but during that time god just like burdened into me in a good way for the mothers um especially single mothers i don't um know how else to say it i'm a single mom um been single for six years and um it's not been easy guys it's that has been a road, and, um, I came out of a 13-year marriage full of, there's only a couple people that knew me before, you know, during my marriage, and the only way I can explain it to you is 13 years of layers and layers of lies, and, um, to come out of that, it was, um. Hard. It was very hard and for two years I sought after God And I was a Christian I was a Christian for 15 years And I still lost sight But if I picture it Looking back All the darkness that I was in I still saw the hand of God in my life I still saw him pulling Me through Um Times I didn't know he was there But I know now he was there And um I just want to tell you, if you can just listen for just a minute, I don't know where you're at as a mother. I don't know if you're a single mother. I don't know if you're a if you're a grandmother. I don't know if you're wanting to be a mother. But I want to encourage you. God gave me this burden for mothers because this last six years, God is good. You know, I mean, he's so good. He's so faithful, and it wasn't easy. I had to decide, honestly. I had to decide. I had to say, you know what, God? After two years of being out of this toxicity, I had to say, I want you. I want whatever healing you have for me. Whatever road I have to walk down. Whatever hardship I'm gonna go, I'm going after you. I needed to stop this vicious cycle that I was in of toxicity and darkness. And God will put people in your life, but I will tell you, he will pluck people out. He will take them out of your life, and it will be painful. But it's okay. He's still there. He's still there in the midst of, of, of who he wants you to be. And if you're really, truly seeking after He's so faithful. Um, I just want to read this part. I wrote all this down, and I want to, I want to get to um, where I wrote what I really want to say is, um, like I said, I decided, you know, God is gonna be the head of my home. If, if God is it, I'm good. If I never remarry, I'm good. I am so content. his daughter and being who he wants me to be and not seeking after all these things of the world i'm content being who he wants me to be and i believe he gave me that word for many mothers um he only wants good for you you may not see that in this moment but i'm here to tell you to keep pressing on keep pushing through the pain because it's not gonna it's not a magic wand guys it's not boom You don't have to go through anything. Yes, we get to go through things. We get to experience triumph, though. We get to experience victory in Him. Um, And He just wants your heart. He just wants you to trust that He has the plan, that he, He wants to be the God of your life. And I just want you to surround yourself with women, women who want what God has for you. War. A KC, a cell group. The women in this church—they want you. They want the best for you. And so I encourage you to surround yourself with those, with those people. Um, you might have to eliminate toxic people. God will show you who those toxic people are when you're on that road. He will show you, and it'll, it'll like I said, it'll be painful, but it's, it's okay. He has a plan, and he's just waiting for you to take his hand and let him just keep leading me through this life. And I want to leave you with this, Psalms 25, 4 through 5, Passion Translation. Translation. Lord, direct me throughout my journey so I can experience your plan for my life. Reveal the life paths that are pleasing to you. Escort me along the way. Take me by the hand and teach me. For you are the God of my increasing salvation. I have wrapped my heart into yours. And then also in John 14, 27, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Be courageous on this journey. Women, mothers, grandmothers, mothers-to-be. God has a call for you and he wants to use you. He wants, you all have a story. And somebody needs to hear your story. Somebody needs to be encouraged by your story. So I encourage you just be encouraged by God today. And happy Mother's Day.
0: Thanks again for listening to our podcast and this week's message. Again, if you'd like to find out more about our church and intending a live service, you can find us online at www.rockchurchqc.com, as well as on Facebook at Rock Church of the Quad Cities, and on YouTube. Just search Rock Church QC, and you'll be able to access our past sermons, and when you subscribe, you'll be notified when we go live for our weekly services. Until next time, have a great day, and God bless.